Yokoso, welcome to Amakata Japan with Yasushi, Michelle, and Steven. Hello. Hi. We welcome you back to listening to this podcast. We talk about Japanese news topics that might not hit the international headlines. And Yasushi presents questions to Steven and I as foolish Americans that don't always know what's going on in Japanese news. So we're excited to have you back. Yasushi, what sort of questions do you have for us today? Okay, so the quiz number one. Japanese government have introduced this April a new law which will make Japanese people less workaholic. What is it, Stephen? Less workaholic. They have to leave work at a certain time. Like they can't do a ton of overtime. Like they're required to only work eight or nine hours a day or so much overtime before they are told no more. That's what I thought. That's a good idea. Actually, Japanese government is also talking about it, but this is not about it. Exactly. So the law that was introduced this April is going to require all the employees to take at least five days off, five paid leaves a year. Is this like, does this include like holidays with Golden Week or is it? In- no, 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 this doesn't include holidays. So this comes in addition to the national holidays. Well, does it go on top of their already guaranteed vacation days? So the problem is most Japanese workers are guaranteed about 20 paid leaves a year. Yes. But they don't use them. So according to a recent survey, they only use half of the paid vacations. That's the average. So some people don't take paid vacations at all. So this new law requires everyone to take at least five days off. The problem I see with that is the same problem with the others. Like they force them to take five days off, but they're just going to come in on a Saturday or Sunday. They normally wouldn't to catch up on the work that they would have done when they took the days off. Yeah, I think that's in some cases that's going to happen. I mean, the employers also have to control the workload so the employees can take days off, right? Yeah. I mean, I look at the teachers and I've seen them come to work on days off that they're like, yeah, it's my vacation today. Well, why are you here? It's like, I have to be here for about four or five hours club activity or I have to take care of this or that. It's like, that's not vacation then. Yeah, the Japanese society just they like Stephen said is they they work a lot. Um, but I think with like salary or corporations and company men type of thing that they work really long hours and it's like how can you not accomplish everything that you need to in the 12, 13 hours that you are working type of thing. So I'm curious to know about like their productivity. I think a lot of Japanese companies are aware of this productivity problem because a while back there was a very shocking survey that show the Japanese company's productivity is pretty low compared to other Western countries. So they're trying to increase the productivity, but at the same time, they're trying to tackle this Japanese overall attitude toward work habits. So like you said, Japanese people don't feel like taking paid vacations, even though they are entitled to. According to the same survey conducted recently, about 60% of Japanese people feel guilty of taking paid vacations and that's the highest rate among the 19 countries surveyed the fact that they feel guilty is it mostly because like when they leave on vacation they feel guilty that there's so much more work put on their co-workers or is it they're putting too much undue pressure on the employers or like where does that guilt stem from yeah i think co-workers and yeah and their subordinates sometimes they're also afraid that they might think you know you're too lazy or unmotivated it's a culture that your work is, you know, what shows how you know good of a person you are. And if 
So I think Japanese government is also trying to change the way, you know, people's mindset by sort of forcing people to take five days off a year at least. I don't see that actually changing the work mindset so much as just shifting the five days people are working. The five days of work they're missing, it's going to add to their overtime hours throughout the year. Like I said, yeah. the overtime doesn't happen for a lot of people because their salary. Salary doesn't get overtime. No teacher gets overtime, and they work 14 to 15 hours a day. Right. But that's they, they do get very little overtime pay. Yeah, so, well, but the, this new law has just been introduced this April, and it's been still been only two months. So we, we'll see how it's going to play out. <laughs> has, it, has it passed? It's pa- the law has passed already? Yeah, it's implemented. It has already taken effect this April. Okay, okay. But since we had the golden week, like 10 day in May, in late April to May, people still haven't exercised their right to take paid yeah. leaves. So basically, we're going to have to wait a year plus to see how they, if it actually yeah. comes to fruition. Yeah. But I, I hope that it, it will make some changes, at least on people who were not able to take any paid vacations at all. Because now, from now on, they have to take five, at least five days off. Yeah, I, I hope so, too, just for the sanity's sake for Japanese workers. It's, you can relax a little bit on vacation, maybe, hopefully. All right, good question, Yasushi. What else do you got for us? So next question about another new law, which is going to take effect next year. This new law is already introduced in 50 other countries around the world. And finally, Japan is catching up. What is it about? That's the only clue I get. 50 <laughs> other countries do it. Yeah. That's no clue at all. What if I told you this has anything to do with children? A law with children. Is it adoption? Anything with adoption? Nope. Is it with how to raise them? Is there a law about like... like <laughs> no, I think... How- you must feed you your must child. You must feed your child three, <laughs> three times a day. A day. <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> well, you know. Okay. So this new law is going to prohibit parents and child healthcare workers to physically abuse children. It's the first law that bans physical punishment from parents in Japan, but there is no penalty. <laughs> well, of course it's not. So well, there's a difference between physical punishment and, and abuse. Well, in certain discipline. people's mind, yeah, discipline, physical discipline and physical abuse. Some people say there is no difference, and some people say there is. I remember a little while ago, I did some research on the difference between corporal punishment versus abuse. And there were things that people were like, it's physical abuse. Like if a kid is acting up at dinner and you send him to bed with no dinner that night, like they're well fed for breakfast, well fed for lunch, and the next day they're going to have breakfast again. But if you send them to bed with no dinner that night, that would be classified as physical abuse. But I get where the country's coming from because I've heard stories here in Japan where parents just beat their children so badly that, you know, I think there was they a sometimes story. killed the ch- their children. Yeah. Yeah. I know that is definitely. And I think that's why the law has come because there's been so many that have made news, like news headlines type of thing of fathers or mothers beating their children to the point of death. And because that's had such new sensation, I think that's why the government is, is creating the laws. Yeah. Yeah, that's sadly, that's happening almost every month in Japan in the past few years. If the parents do it, there's no consequence? Of course they're going to punish if they kill their parents. No, no, if they kill, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said that 
if they break the law and do use corporal punishment, I would imagine just to a small extent, there's no consequence against the parents. There's no penalty. No penalty. No penalty yet. But Stephen, you brought up an interesting point because Japan has this very old law in, in civil law, which guarantees the right to discipline their children. So the parents can discipline their children, but physical punishment is not allowed. That's a very delicate issue. Yeah, and it, but then you have to look at what is determined to be physical punishment. A spank. Yeah, that would be physical punishment. Smack across the head. That would be physical punishment. But I mean, my issue is there are certain children who respond to different things. Like I have six siblings and my parents raised all of us, teaching us all the same things, but learned that certain uh, we responded differently to different types of punishments for fear of whatever or the other. We would act better because we didn't want whatever that punishment would be. So, yeah, so a lot of parents agree that um, with, with your idea, actually, I heard that some 60% of parents agreed to have some sort of physical punishments if it's not too serious. Yeah, that's what I think. If, there's got, but the hard thing is like certain people can lose their temper and go overboard. And so how do you make sure that doesn't happen? Because the children, they, they are very important. You have to make sure they're safe and taken care of so it's it's a tough subject what's really interesting is like there's 50 countries that already have like no corporal punishment laws Mm -hmm. associated with it and like one of the countries i think is finland or norway one of the scandinavian countries where the way they discipline children are not necessarily discipline but their children are more well behaved is because they tell stories like if you don't put your hat on in the winter time going outside the monster is going to come up from the sea and and kidnap you or, you know, and so there's, it's kind of a threatening tactic associated with it. And so these kids learn these lessons through storytelling, through using these monsters to be like, Oh, I don't want to be eaten by a monster from the sea. So I have to wear my hat. And so I think that's very fascinating to know that parents don't have to be like, Oh, you, you have to wear your hat. You have to do this or like, smack you to put your hat on and actually has a lot of that that too um like monsters and ghosts from ancient fairy tales i think that's one way for children to learn the cultural norms you know what's expected of them you know how to behave in public and at home but i will say i think a form of like corporal punishment would be kind of like a last resort like you've exhausted all other things to try and get the child to to act correctly to be a decent human being and that's like, I can't think of anything else. Let's try spanking or, you know, something like that to, to try to get them to act correctly. That's my opinion. I have no children, so I don't really, you know, <laughs> know how hard and all that stuff is. I've only been a child and I definitely got spanked when I was a child. And I think I turned out, you know, decent. Meh. Yeah, I mean, I got spanked too. I think, you know, from a parent's perspective, um, I have a four-year-old son. It's so easy to sort of spank your children, right? It's even if you try to persuade your child to take a bath or eat dinner or stop playing with toys, they don't listen to you, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to choose whether you keep telling him what to do for like next five to 10 minutes (laughs) or you just spank him once or twice. And a lot of parents are inclined to just spank their kids, Right. And that seems to work at to some extent, but it's not good for children. You can't please everyone. Some people are being like spanks are, you know, 
is much easier and helps solidify the thing. And then you have other people that are like, no, you have to speak rationally and be patient for them to learn. So mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a very interesting divided line. But I'm glad that Japan trying to rectify the situation. Yeah. All right. I think you have one more question for us, Yasushi. All right, Stephen. So I think you've probably seen sports festivals at schools. Yes. So every year in schools nationwide, they have sports festivals where parents, their grandparents all come to see their children play、uh, some sort of games. And the accidents that happen in sports events, such as sports day, are decreasing dramatically in the past few years. Why? They're decreasing in the past few years because the kids are now running around in big padded sumo wrestling suits for safety. <laughs> What sports day have you been going to? <laughs> Apparently not the right ones. Sumo is basically naked. You have True, but if you look at it, there's this American thing where you can get into this giant inflated sumo suit and you can like run and you're really well protected. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> for for the, our listeners out there, sports day is kind of like a field day where they do sporting events、um, and things like that、uh, as a school. So the entire day, the entire school is running around doing events. Maybe that can help、yeah. you a little bit.、The、relay races and yeah, because I just did our our school just had one had relay races. They had they had this weird caterpillar thing where you had to run across students' backs and they kept falling off. That looked painful. Yeah, that that's pretty typical. Yeah. So with Yasushi's question, what running on people's backs? No, why are things accidents decreasing? Less students are participating. No, I think you have to participate in a sports festival. There aren't as many events happening. Nope. Can I give you a, an answer now? Go for it. So the reason the number of accidents are decreasing is because they stopped having very dangerous game on a sports day, or they've started putting restrictions on certain games, which are called kumitaiso in Japanese. Kumitaiso is basically group gymnastics. If you imagine a circus or cheerleading, you know students get on top of other students and they form this gigantic human pyramid or tower. Like just like ten students making a pyramid. Oftentimes they they involve more than ten students. Um, sometimes they involve more than one hundred students to make this huge pyramid. Jeez, it's like eight tier high, nine tier, sometimes ten tier high. So it's very very big. What、And、happens to the kids on the bottom? They have to bear enormous weight on their shoulders and backs. Holy cow! The pyramids collapse and. Some students get serious injuries. Yeah, as you said, they'd be crushed. Twenty kids falling.、Yeah. Holy cow! So this has been recognized very dangerous. You know, parents started campaigning against having this, you know, human pyramid or towers at sports festivals. Schools have started putting restrictions on the height of the pyramid or the towers,、mm. and the number of accidents have dropped almost fifty percent. Oh wow! Or seventy percent in a few years. But、wow. it's still it's still happening because a lot of parents still want to see this mitaiso. <laughs> we、They、want it to be safer, but we do still want to see it. <laughs> it's tradition.、Yeah. Yes, it is a tradition. A lot of people have done it in their school days. I've done it, you know, and it's it looks beautiful, right? It's it's like a dramatic display of artwork almost.、Mm. Were you on the top or were you on the bottom? I was on the bottom. No, 
only one child can get on the top, and usually the smallest kid gets to stand on the top. So that's where I would be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah, talking about kind no. of dangerous things at the sports day, like I said before, there's this caterpillar game where the kids would all bend over at the waist and then somebody else would just run across their back and it was this race and they would just keep rolling through. I was like, that looks extremely painful for the back. And then I saw the kid just fall or slip between the kids and just kept hitting. It's like, this looks extremely dangerous. Injuries happen at sports events, right? Yeah. But this Kumitatsu is so dangerous. Let me give you just the numbers. Like five years ago, there was like 10,000 accidents in, in this Kumitatsu. Holy cow. And they break their necks. They became paralyzed. And in worst cases, some students um, die. So there's another data that shows that in the past half a century, nine students died because of this kumitaiso and close to 100 students became disabled and parents still want this to happen yeah surprisingly how is the japanese government hasn't come in and said this is part of the corporal punishment that we're banning <laughs> and this can't be a thing we do anymore that's next year's law oh, the year after well, japanese government are obviously aware of this problem and some sports agency have issued a notice to put a ban on this event if they could not guarantee safety or they they suggested making the pyramids or the tower lower. Maybe two or three tiers instead of the 10 tiers and not yeah. as many kids participating. Then you wouldn't have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Great. just surprised that still a lot of parents like to see this kumitaiso happen in sports day. Would you want your own child to participate in that? No, no, no. I, I would oppose. I, I Googled my district situation and my district has banned this kumitaiso a few years ago so you're not moving stay in for... the district <laughs> for as long as you can yeah but this year still some schools are trying to go for seven tier pyramid Jeez. i'm sure a lot of parents are upset but some parents still want to see that happen I'm, I'm Those just... parents who want it can have their kids on the bottom then. It is pretty to see the kumitaiso, like the structures that are made. But yeah, you, you look at the beauty for like a second and then you're like, oh, those poor kids on the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> well, good questions today, Yasushi. Poor Steven didn't get anything correct. Was this a competition? <laughs> we were no. actually keeping score. Oh. This was Amakara Japan. We thank you listeners for listening to us. It was Yasushi, Stephen, and Michelle speaking about Japanese news topics. Thank you, Yasushi, for supplying some excellent questions to discuss today. My pleasure. And we hope to have you listeners come back next week and hear what more recent news is happening in Japan. Ja, matane. Sayonara. Sayonara.